All right. Good morning, everybody. Everybody hear me back there? Okay. All right. Today we're going to look at Jesus in the book of Ruth. We've been, we finished Judges last week, but Ruth takes place in the time of the Judges, in the first half of Judges, so we're still looking at the same time period. And, man, this is one of my favorite books, especially to teach in this subject we're looking at. Um, Ruth is a great story on its own. You know, it, it uh, starts out really bad, but it has a hero and it has a happy ending. Uh, but there's a lot more under the surface than what, than what most people see. Um, and it just fits in perfect with this study we're doing. But, you know, it, it, like I said, it, it, it's, there's a lot more under the surface than what people see, but, but not if you realize that it's all about Jesus. You know, then, then you're, you're, you're going to see things that you've probably never seen before. And I'm going to hopefully show you some things you maybe you've never seen before, never thought about as you read this. And we're mainly going to focus on chapter four today. That's really the um, what I want to get to. But uh, we're going to we're going to go through this whole kind of do a little sur- quick survey of this book, and it's so short you can read this whole book in like 30 minutes or less, probably even if you're a slow reader. But uh, we'll, we'll get the context for everything and look at some pictures throughout the book. The book, um, and there's a lot of different themes you could pull out of Ruth, you know. But what it's truly about. Is redemption. That's what it's about. Um, it's it's just, it's really the story of everybody's redemption. Um, if, if you if you're a believer, you put your faith in the finished work of Christ. You know where He did all the work. Okay, you're just trusting in Him and nothing else. This book is about. It's going to tell your story. You're going to see that today. This book tells your story. So let's jump jump in at the beginning in, in Ruth uh, Ruth chapter one verse one it says Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. So we know from Genesis chapter 19 that Moab was a uh, was the son of a, that incestuous relationship between Lot and one of his daughters. Um, and the, the Moabites remained enemies of Israel throughout, and really to this day. Um, uh, you remember in uh, Numbers chapter 22, um, when, when Israel came up, out of Egypt, you know, the it was the king of Moab that had um, he hired. He tried to hire Balaam to curse Israel. You remember that whole story, and uh, so they were uh, when it, here at the beginning of Ruth. You know, they were in a they were in a place they had no business being. You know, that's that's the whole point here. Um, they were in Moab. It says in verse two, uh, and he and the man. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the two two of uh, the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, uh, Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. And they took them a wives of women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah. And the other, name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Okay, so, so get this picture. Okay, Elimelech is Naomi's husband, right? So he's the head of that, that family, right? And he gets, they get hungry, right? Because there's a famine in the land. Um, so he goes to a place he shouldn't be in, in Moab, right? The, the country of his enemy. Um, he gets in a situation he shouldn't be in. Um, again, Moab is a place of darkness and idolatry. You know, they're pagans and it's a place of sin, basically. As a picture, so he, he left his inheritance in Bethlehem, Judah, um, and went to the place of his enemy. Okay, and then he died. Think about that. Well, what does that remind you of? 
think way back, okay, Genesis chapter 2, back in the garden, right? Um, is that not what Adam did? That's exactly the same thing that Adam did. Adam was the head, right? God gave him everything he needed in the garden, okay? Um, and he said, you can eat of any tree in the garden except the one in the midst of the garden. They had it made, right? They had perfect fellowship with the Lord. Um, and, 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 but they got hungry, didn't they? Okay, just like Elimelech, and they, they got in a situation they shouldn't be in. Okay, they, they, they went somewhere they shouldn't have gone. The, the exact place God told them not to go, they went to that tree in the midst of the garden. Okay, they went to their enemy, right? And they died, didn't they? After they, after they took that, that, that fruit, they died. Okay, just like t- God told them, spiritually they died. And that's when death entered the world. Okay, and then, and then that began a long road of redemption, right? For mankind, okay? Looking and waiting for a redeemer, okay? Well, go to Genesis chapter 3. Go to Genesis chapter 3. And that's why I say Ruth is about our redemption. It's, it's, a, it's really, it kind of boils the whole Bible down in, one, in just that one short little book. Genesis 3.17. Uh, and to Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened in the voice of thy, of thy wife, thou hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow uh, shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the, herb of the field. In the, in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return to the ground, for out of it thou wast taken. For dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return. Okay? And, that, and this is really, this is the story of Ruth. That's, that's what it's all about. Um, this is where the story begins. You know, they, they went to this place they shouldn't have been, to Moab, the place of their enemy, and Elimelech died, okay? And then his sons died, okay? Look at, look at verse, uh, go back to the book, book of Ruth, look at verse 5. It says, And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them, and the woman was left of her two sons and her husband, Okay? So now everybody she loved is dead, right? Um, ever since Adam, that's what life consists of. Everybody you love is going to die. You're going to die, okay? And, and Paul explains this. Go to, uh, go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Romans 5, look at verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world... And death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for the all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the multitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Okay, and this is the whole this is the whole Bible in a nutshell. Okay, um, this is exactly what the book, book of Ruth is about. It, it starts out just as it does, you know, in the garden when sin enter, sin enters into the world. Elimelech dies, his sons die, because everybody in Adam dies, right? Um, so things in this world were really good. They were perfect, right? Um, you know, uh, to, and it went, it went from perfect to really bad. That's what happens with Naomi. Okay, same, same story. Okay, go back to the uh, book of Ruth, chapter 1. Let's get down to verse 19. So they, they too went until they came to Bethlehem. He's talking about Naomi and Ruth. Uh, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? 
Okay, so, so Naomi is all alone now with, with, with one of her daughters-in-law, with Ruth, okay? Um, and they're headed down this long, hard road, right? Uh, look at verse uh, 20. It says, And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home em- again empty. Why then call you Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? Okay, so she started out Naomi. She started out, you know, it means pleasant. And now she's, she's marsh. Now she's bitter, okay? Is that not how it started out in the garden? It started out perfect in the garden, without sin. And, 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 but after, she, after sin, it got bitter, okay? See, it's telling us it's the same story. It's the redemption story. Um, started out perfect, but after sin, it got bitter. Thorns and thistles, right? Um, she, she said, I, I went out full, but I came back empty. And that's the story of mankind. We started out perfect, and now we're empty. Without, without, a, without a Redeemer, that's what we are. Okay? Genesis 3.19 said, In the sweat of thy, the sweat of thy face thou, shalt thou eat bread. Okay? Now, look, what, look when, when Naomi and Ruth just happened to show up, what's, what's going on in Bethlehem? Uh, look at verse 22. Say, now, say, Naomi returned and Ruth the Mo, with Ruth Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. Okay? How about that? You know, they show up right when they're bringing in the barley harvest, and everybody is making their bread. Okay? I wonder who this is pointing to. Right? Um, now go back to Genesis chapter 3. Be right back. Genesis chapter 3. And this is right after Adam and Eve had sinned, and God curses the devil, the serpent. And it says in Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Okay? And this is the first reference to the Redeemer, right? The, the, the man, the, the one who's going to crush Satan, the, the one who's going to redeem mankind. Okay? Adam messed up, and God basically says it's going to be a long, hard road back, you know. But but now I'm going to send I'm going to send a redeemer. Okay, that's what the Old Testament is about—the road that leads to that redeemer. Okay, and and Naomi and Ruth are headed down that road when when they show up at the barley harvest, right? Let's let's see where they end up. Uh, look at uh, go back to Ruth, chapter two. Look at, uh, look at the first verse, Ruth 2, verse 1. Uh, and Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the, wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, let, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. I wonder who that's talking about, grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her hap was to light on the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Okay, so get this picture. Ruth is a Moabitess, okay? She's not a Jew. Um, she's not one of God's chosen people. She's an enemy of God's people in, in, in picture, right? Um, so uh, go, to, go, to, uh, go to Romans chapter 5 again. Thinking of her, she's an enemy. The Moabites were enemies of, of Israel. Romans 5, look at verse 8. Romans 5 and verse 8. It says, But God commendeth His love to, towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. 
Uh, for if we... For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Okay, not saved by our life. Okay, uh, we shall be saved by His life, not saved by giving our life to Jesus. You know, as, as all these televangelists used to say, but we're saved by His life. Okay, but Ruth was from the enemy camp. Okay, um, we as sinners were enemies as well. That's that's what, that's what we are. Um, we we need somebody to save us and redeem us. Okay, we can't do it. We're helpless. We're hungry, just like Ruth, right? Um, looking for some bread, right? Some free bread, right? We need free bread because we're broke. We're just like Ruth and Naomi, you know. Um, where do you get free bread? Well, you know, John six thirty five. Jesus said, "I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst." Okay, and she found the man that gave her that bread for free. Okay. Um, what, what, what she was doing was called gleaning, okay? Go back to the, the Old Testament book of Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus 19 and verse 9. It says, and when, you, and when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest, and thou shalt not, not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every, every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger. I am the Lord your God. Okay. Well, that describes exactly what Ruth was doing. They were gleaning. And you may say, yeah, that's how, that was charity. You know, that was charity in the Old Testament, and this is how they, they dealt with poor people and strangers. Okay, and it was, but gleaning is a picture of what salvation actually is. Okay, it was free food. <laughs> it was absolutely free. It wasn't cheap food. Okay, you know, it wasn't discounted food, 50% off. It wasn't going to Aldi's. I got five kids, and I love Aldi's, man. They, you know, I, 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 I thank the Lord for that place because I'd be in trouble <laughs> if it weren't for Aldi's. Um, it wasn't cheap. It wasn't discounted. It wasn't buy one, get one free. You know, it was cheaper than cheap. You know, it, it was free. And that's what grace is. It's cheaper than cheap. Uh, salvation is not cheap. It's free. Okay, it's, it's free grace. That's what it is. What did it cost to glean in the Old Testament? Nothing. Okay? That was the whole point. They didn't have anything. They had nothing. They had no money. They had nothing to offer. They had, uh, Ruth and Naomi had nothing to, to offer. And some people say this is about service. You know, how in the world is this about service? You know, people confuse salvation and service. Well, this... Just to say you had a piece of land that you, that you bought or you inherited. I don't know if, if, if this was inherited land that Boaz had or bought. But just say you had a piece of land that you bought. You, you decide to plant some barley. So you, you have to hire workers to plant the field, right? Uh, or you have to plant it yourself. And then you've got to work the field. You've got to weed it. You've gotta, then you've got to reap the field. You've got to bring in the, the crop, right? Well, who is incurring all the costs, okay? Well, the owner of the field is, right? He's, he's doing all, the, all of it. Um, and then one day your workers are out there picking barley, you know, harvesting that barley and bringing it in. And you see some poor people walking around the edges of the field, you know, um, picking barley that your reapers left behind. Are they serving you? No, they're not serving you. They're picking barley that you planted with your money, okay, um, that they didn't pay anything for. And that's grace. That's salvation. Okay, that's free bread. Okay, that's not service. There's a difference between service and salvation. Salvation is free. Um, go with me to Isaiah chapter 55. This is a perfect, perfect verse that describes 
gleaning and salvation. Isaiah 55, you probably know this verse. Verse 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Okay? He says, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? You can't purchase salvation. Okay? You, you, didn't, you can't do anything to earn salvation. Okay? He said, hearken diligent, diligently unto me and eat. Um, this is not an exchange. Okay? Um, he, he didn't place any requirements on that free bread. Okay? Um, neither did Boaz. Okay? Ruth just shows up. She's a poor stranger, and he, 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 he gives her free bread. Right? All she has to do is take it. Just take it. All we have to do is just believe. That's all we have to do. Believe in Christ. Um, there's this there's concept in the Bible called uh, a husbandman. A husbandman, okay? Not, some, not a word we use anymore. But, you know, Jesus talks about it. But it, it began, uh, the concept, uh, back in Genesis chapter 9. Go to Genesis chapter 9 with me. Uh, yeah, Genesis chapter 9, verse 20, it says, And Noah began to be a husbandman, and planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine. Why did he drink of the wine? Because it was his vineyard. Okay, he did all the work. It's his, right? Same with God. Okay, go look at um, go to John chapter fifteen real quick. John chapter fifteen. And look at verse one. Jesus said, "I am the, the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman." Okay, the Lord is the husbandman because he owns the field. He owns it all. Okay, he did all the work. And just like Boaz, he only offers salvation as a free gift. That's the only thing he offers. Um, and this is hard for people to grasp, but you see it even in type throughout the Old Testament. Um, Ruth, left, Ruth left all that idolatry that she grew up in, okay, in Moab. All the false gods. Um, and she came to Boaz. You know, she told Naomi... Yeah, I'm going to make your God my God. She, she just believed. That's what she did. She believed the same God that Naomi believed, and she went with Naomi, okay? Uh, and, and she found grace. She found grace. She found free bread in the field of Boaz, okay? Go back to, uh, go back to Ruth, chapter 2. Look at verse 8. Ruth 2, verse 8. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Uh, go not to glean in another field, neither go from, from thence, uh, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go, go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go into, go into the vessels and drink of that which the, the, the young men have drawn. Okay? Um, so he basically says, you know, stay in my field. You know, don't, don't go to another field. If you're thirsty, drink my water. Okay? He said, I have everything you need, right? You see the picture? Isaiah 55, that passage we just said, he says, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Jesus is the only one who offers what he offers. He's the only one who offers free, okay, free bread, free salvation, okay? Every false religion in the world has you doing something to earn your salvation, okay? Um, they can never satisfy. Um, Jesus offers it freely. Jesus told the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, he said, if you drink the water that I give, you shall never thirst, okay? Um, and an, another man in another field, he says, yeah, salvation is by grace, but it's going to cost you everything, okay? 
you know, and if you, if you, if you don't act right, you're going to lose it. That's, that's what the other, the other field says, okay? He says, stay in my field, stay in his field, okay? But what Jesus offers, he says, if you drink this water, um, he make, and he makes salvation as simple as drinking water, okay? He said, you shall never thirst. You can never lose it. You can never lose that salvation. Boaz says, stay in my field, drink my water. You see the picture here, okay? Skip down to, uh, if you're there in Ruth chapter 2, look at verse 15. Ruth 2 and verse 15. Uh, and when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the, some of the handfuls of, of purpose for her and lead them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. Okay? So not only Boaz, uh, did Boaz let her glean on the edges of the field, you know, he even let her glean among the sheaves, you know, the stuff that had already been cut. And not only that, but he, he said, make sure you, you, know, you walk in front of her and drop big, big piles of grain. You know, make it easy for her. Okay? Make it even easier for her. You know, and people like to call what we believe a free grace. They call it easy believism. Um, Paul calls it the simplicity that is in Christ. That's what he calls it. And, and he, he warns us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he said not to be corrupted away from that simplicity. You know, don't let anybody talk you out of that simplicity because it's simple. Okay? How difficult is it to reach down and pick up what's already been dropped in a pile in front of you? Okay? That's how simple salvation is. Boaz made it easy for her, right? You see the picture? Jesus made it easy. He made it simple for us. Okay, so then, so then Ruth comes to Naomi and, and shows her this abundance of grain that she got from Boaz. Okay, skip down to uh, chapter 3. We're not going to read this whole thing for, for time's sake. Um, verse 1, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz our kindred? with whose maidens thou wast. Behold, he went with barley tonight in, in the threshing floor. So uh, Ruth and Naomi um, have had all this tragedy in their life, right? They're poor. They lost everything. They, they, lost, you know, they, they lost their husbands. They've been, they've been on this journey looking for rest, right? Looking for somebody who could give them rest, okay? And this is my life story, and this is your life story, okay? It's everybody's story. Hebrews 3 said, 4-3, uh, says, for, for we which have believed do enter into rest. Okay? And that rest is not because we worked hard and we saved up a nest egg, uh, saved up a big retirement. It, it's not because we worked hard and earned our salvation. That rest is in a person. Okay? Um, and what he did for us. For Ruth, that person was Boaz. Okay? The kinsman redeemer, which pointed to a greater kinsman redeemer. That's the whole point of this story. Uh, and she tells Ruth, uh, where Boaz is going to be, and she says, go to him and lay down at his feet. Okay? Rest at his feet. Uh, Naomi said in verse 1, uh, she said, shall I not seek rest for thee? Okay? Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay? That's the picture here of Ruth laying at the feet of Boaz, and that's what the Sabbath pictures in the Old Testament, you know, where we cease from our labors and we rest in him. We rest in Jesus. Okay, it says in uh, uh, Ruth chapter 3 there, skip down to verse 8. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And you'd be scared too if you woke up and there was just some random woman laying at your feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Okay, 
She says, spread thy skirt over me. In other words, cover me. Cover me up. She's just admitting that she's helpless to cover herself. She needs a redeemer to cover her, um, to take care of her, to save her from you know, this helpless situation that she's in. We need a redeemer okay, to cover us, not just for the everyday needs, not just for our food and our, you know, our housing and things like that, but especially to cover our sin. That's our greatest need. Second um, Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Okay? He spread his skirt over us. Okay? When we believe on him, that's what he does. Um, he, takes away our, he took away our sin, and he gives us his righteousness. He covers us. Okay? So, that, so that our standing with God is perfect. Um, let's get down to verse 10 there in Ruth chapter 3. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, from my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. Um, and now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city, uh, all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Okay? So she, she had to have uh, a kinsman to redeem her. Okay? And a kinsman had to be basically three things. Uh, number one, he had to be a blood relative. Okay? Uh, go, to, go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 14. It says, for, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, speaking of Christ, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Back up to verse 11. For, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Okay, so Boaz was a blood relative. He was related to Elimelech. Okay, and that's what qualified him to be a kins their kinsman redeemer. Okay, go to uh, 1 Corinthians, back up to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 45. It says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is, super, which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Um, as is the earthy, such, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they that also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Okay, and that's how we know that Elimelech pictures Adam. Okay, just like Adam, Elimelech blew it, right? He, he, he went to a place he shouldn't have. He died. Um, he messed up. He died, and he left Naomi without a husband, okay, um, with, without a protector, without a redeemer, right, uh, without a kinsman. Same thing with Ruth. Her husband died, left her without a redeemer, okay? Now they're looking for a redeemer, Root and, 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 and but the thing is, uh, it has to be a relative. It has to be a, a blood relative of, of, of theirs. Um, and, and, you know, it's the same for us. Uh, our Redeemer has to be related to us, has to be human, okay? 
Um, if Jesus didn't come in the flesh, then you don't have a qualified redeemer. Okay? So I'm sorry to the Jehovah's Witnesses. They think Jesus was an angel. He can't, he can't redeem you. He can't redeem you. He had to be both God and man to, to redeem you. Okay? So uh, the second thing is he had to be able to redeem. Okay? Go to uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Go to your right. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 18. It says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a, of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So Boaz was able to redeem Ruth. Okay, Jesus was able to redeem us. Okay, by His blood. Okay, number three, He had to be willing to redeem. Okay, and we'll see in a minute that Boaz was willing. Okay, but look at uh, look at Mark chapter ten. Back at the Mark chapter ten. Let's see if Jesus is willing. Mark chapter 10, look at verse 45. It says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministering to, but to to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. Okay, so Jesus was willing to redeem, right? Um, Now go back to Ruth, Ruth chapter 3. He met all those qualifications as a kinsman redeemer. Ruth chapter 3, look at verse 12. And now it it is true that I, I am thy near kinsman, howbeit, here's the catch, there's a kinsman nearer than I. Okay? That's interesting. We'll see who that is in just a minute. Look at verse 13. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning that, that if he will perform unto thee the part of kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of the kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. Okay? So, again, Boaz is willing to redeem. He's, he's willing to do it. He says, if I, I, he says, if I can do it, I'll do it. But there's a kinsman that's closer than him. Okay, interesting. What, what is being pictured here? This kinsman that's closer. Okay, look at verse um, 14. And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up uh, before one could know another. And he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Also, he said, Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. And she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art, who art thou, my daughter? And she told, told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, uh, These six measures of barley gave, gave he me, for he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how matter, how matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he hath finished this thing uh, this day. Okay? I know another man who didn't rest, right? Until he finished our redemption. Okay, the man Christ Jesus, right? Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> Boaz is Jesus, if you haven't figured that out by now. But, um, but this is the part I really wanted to get to. Uh, look at uh, chapter 4 there in verse 1. Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. Okay, and this is, this is the kinsman who is closer than Boaz. Remember, he said, there's one closer than me, and this is him. Uh, verse 2, And he took uh, ten men of the elders of the Sidians and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, uh, that has come again 
out of the country of Moab, which sell the parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. Uh, and I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Okay? Um, so, so there's a catch, you know. Um, then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. Okay, so he said, Not only do you have to redeem Naomi, but you also have to redeem Ruth the Moabitess. Okay? And, and this near kinsman, okay, he said in verse 6, And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar my own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to, that, to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Okay? Now, who is this near kinsman who, who couldn't redeem Ruth? Okay? That's the question. We know that Boaz pictures Jesus. That's obvious from the beginning. That's easy. Jesus was born in the flesh. He was willing and able to, to, redeem, to redeem us. Okay? But who, who cannot redeem us? What cannot redeem us? Okay? Go to, go to Romans chapter 8. This is awesome. Romans chapter 8, if you've never seen this before. You know, we, we, they talk about Boaz being a picture, but who is this, who is this nearer kinsman that can't, that can't redeem us? Romans chapter 8, look at verse 3. For, the, for what the law could not do, okay, in Christ Jesus, I'm sorry, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, okay? So who was this near kinsman that couldn't redeem Ruth? It was the law. Yeah, it was the law. That's who, that's who this man pictures, the law. Um, why couldn't he redeem Ruth? Well, in picture, she was poor. She was a Moabitess. She was an enemy, right? And, and just as a picture, she was a sinner. That, that's what she pictures in, in, in here. Um, she wasn't good enough. She wasn't good enough. Um, well, which came first? You know, you know John 1.17 says that the law was given by Moses. Okay, that's, that's our near kinsman. It came first. That's, it's the law. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So uh, the law was our near kinsman. It came first. So Boaz goes to this near kinsman, which represents the law, and says, can you redeem her? And he says, I can't. I can't redeem her. Okay. We can't be redeemed by the law, you know, because we're not good enough. You know, the law is perfect. We're not. Um, Go to Galatians chapter 3. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3. It says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth in some things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Is that what it says? Does it say some things? No, it says all things. All things but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. Okay? It, again, it doesn't say that, you know, people, you'll hear people say today, well, you know, yeah, a, a real believer, they'll say a real believer, they're not, you know, we're not sinless, but, you know, you won't do this. You know, a real believer won't do this. Okay. You know, no, if, if, I'm, if I'm abstaining from sin to prove my salvation, then I would have to be perfect. That's the thing. You would have to be absolutely perfect, okay, in all things, not, not in just some. You know, not that, you know, I used to do this and I used to do that. Well, you still, you still sin. That's the, that's, the whole, that's the whole thing. You still sin. You'd have to be perfect in all things, 
It's either by faith or, or not at all. Um, so why did, why did Boaz go to this nearest kinsman? Well, because the law, the law had to be fulfilled. The law had to be fulfilled. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17? He said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am come to not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Okay? That's why Boaz went to this nearer kinsman. Um, he had to give him his chance to redeem her. Okay? And he couldn't. He couldn't do it. Okay? Because she wasn't good enough. Neither are we. That's the whole point. We're not good enough for, for the, to be redeemed by the law. Okay? And this is why you can't stop sinning or turn from your sin to be saved. That's not part of the gospel. It's not, it's not part of salvation. If I try to stop, if I stop sinning and, or try to stop sinning and try to keep the law, you know, even though you can never do it, um, you know, I'm, try, I'm trying to keep the law. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay? If I do sin, I'm breaking the law because sin is a transgression of the law. Okay? So the law can't redeem me, just like Ruth. Okay? And that's why I say Ruth is, is a story about our lives okay? because it, it, it applies to us as well. So you, you, have, you have to go to the, to the next of kin, which is Jesus. You can't be saved by the law. You've you got to go to Jesus. There's two ways to be saved. You can either be perfect or you can go to Jesus. That's the only two ways. Okay? So you, you have to go to the next of kin, which is Jesus, and, and he can redeem you because his redemption is not based on anything you do. Right? What did Ruth do? What did she do? Did, did, she, did she play any part in her redemption? Did she make an agreement with Boaz? You know, if you redeem me, I promise I'll be a good wife. I'll, I'll do this for you. I'll, I'll stop sinning. Did, did she make an agreement with him? No, there's no agreements. Um, did she make any promises? Um, did she say, hey, you know, can, can you give your life to Jesus? That's what these people say. No. Was this marriage or this redemption, was it based on her at all? Did it have anything to do with her, her promises um, her, based on her conduct? No, she just lay at his feet. And she said, save me, redeem me. That's what she said. Okay. Look at, uh, go back to Ruth chapter 3, look at verse 18. And this, this is a, a really good picture of it right here, of our rest that we have. And our, the part that we play in salvation. Ruth three eighteen. Then said she, this is, this is uh, Naomi talking, sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. Okay. Um, for, for, for the man will not be in rest until he had finished the thing this day. Naomi said, look, the man will do the work. He will do the work. She said, you, you sit still, right? Sit still and let him do the work. I mean, it's, it's a perfect picture of salvation. In other words, you be at rest. And she said, the man will not be in re at rest, okay, until he finishes this thing. Okay, what is that picture? It describes your salvation. Now, when you get to the New Testament, and this, this, may, this is really good, uh, especially, uh, specifically Ephesians 1, 5, it talks about the married life of a believer, okay? And it says in Ephesians, uh, in Ephesians 5, uh, verse 23, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he, speaking of the husband, is the Savior of the body, okay? Why in the world is the husband referred to as the Savior, okay? Well, it's not because a woman is less than her husband. That's not what it's talking about. Um, in Titus chapter 2, a woman is called a keeper at home, Right? The man is called the savior, and the woman is called the keeper at home. Why? Because typically, you know, until the last, you know, recent history, modern history, um, a woman stayed at home, and the man went off to work. Right? And that's not saying she didn't work. I got, you know, we got five kids and and a grandchild that my wife takes care of. She works harder than I do. I'm not saying that. 
but it's a picture of what Christ did. You know, when it comes to salvation, you know, like Naomi told Ruth, we sit still and we rest. And the man, Christ Jesus, he goes out and does all the work. Okay, that's the picture. And he finished the work, just like she said. And that's exactly what he did. Um, go to uh, Ruth chapter 4, look at verse 9. Ruth 4, verse 9, And Boaz said to the elders and, and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. He, he bought it all. He paid, the, he paid for everything. He paid for all of our sin. He paid for all our debt. Um, go to Colossians 2 real quick. Colossians 2. Colossians 2, verse 14, it says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of, out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Um, he, he did what that nearer kinsman couldn't do. Um, he, he paid it all. The law couldn't redeem us, but he, he did. He, he paid it all. And, this, and that's, that's the book of Ruth. It's the whole Bible in a nutshell, basically. Um, it, it begins with the failure of Elimelech and, 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 and Adam. You know, Elimelech pictures Adam here. Um, and they go on this journey looking for a redeemer, okay? And that's what the Old Testament is, is about. It's a, it's a, you know, Jesus said in John 5, verse 39, he says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. The, the scribes and the Pharisees, they thought it was all about the laws. You know, we want to read the Bible. That's what most people think the Bible is about. It's about keeping all these rules to be saved, okay? He said, it's not about that. He says, and they are they which testify of me. That's what it was all about. The whole Bible, the Old Testament is about Jesus. That's, that's what this study is about. They find the redeemer, and then she, asked, she just asked to be redeemed. She lays at his feet and asks to be redeemed. Jesus said, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. She didn't beg and plead. She just asked. And, and, and you know, he's willing and able to redeem us. He, 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 he does all the work, and, 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 and you just rest. That's what you do. And they live happily ever after. That's what, that's what happens in there. Uh, so that's, that's Jesus in the book of Ruth. It's an awesome book. Can you, can you see Jesus in the book of Ruth? I mean, it's in every verse. He's in every verse. We just hit the highlights, but it's, there's so much more in there that we could have gone through. But. All right. Anybody questions or comments? Awesome. Awesome book. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you hadn't read the book of Ruth lately, go back and read it you know, with new eyes and, and, and picture Jesus, and you'll just see him all throughout there. Okay? I'll close this in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for a uh, study of your book, book of Ruth. And as we, we look at this study... Uh, about how the Old Testament pictures Jesus, and, and it's just amazing how we see him in, 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 every, in every page of the Bible, Lord. We thank you so much that, as we see with, with Boaz, um, we thank you that you made salvation so simple. It, and Ruth just laid at his feet and, and, and just said, redeem me, save me, and it's, it's that simple, Lord, that, that you did all the work. Um, your son, Jesus, came and died for our sins. He, he did all the work, and we just simply rest in his finished work and believe on him, and we'll be saved. If anybody listening to this today, I pray that they'll do that. Just simply believe in his finished work and be saved. Thank you, Lord. And uh, pray for the rest of the service today, Pastor Barry, as he gives his message and all the teachers. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you.